0: Refuge family, uh, so good to be with you today. Christopher Walker here uh, for our Sunday School Lesson today. Uh, we've been going through a, a, um, a series and us talking about abundant life. And so uh, the past previous weeks, we talked about ab- abundant faith, abundant contentment. Uh, but today we're going to talk about abundant love. And so if you can join me in 1 John 4.18. Again, that's 1 John 4.18. But I appreciate everyone that um, uh, that chooses to listen to these Sunday School messages. They are very helpful uh, if we apply them to our life. And so uh, God bless you all. And I hope that uh, we continue to grow as a family and that these lessons continue to help you. Again, First John 4.18. And here's where it reads. It says, there is no fear in love. But perfect love casteth out all fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. I want to start off um, with this. Uh, Former U.S. President Richard Nixon, uh, he's infamous for uh, his place at the center of what many of us know as the the Watergate scandal. Excuse me. Um, he disgraced both the office of the president and the United States of America. When Herbert Humphrey, a former U.S. vice president, had died, uh, it was only right that Richard Nixon attended his funeral. Dignitaries came from all over the country and the world, yet Richard Nixon was made to feel unwelcomed. I mean, you can understand him being in this position uh, where the whole world has looked down upon him. He, in their eyes, he has no integrity. He shows up to the funeral. Uh, people, they turn their eyes away. Conversations, they run dry around them. And Nixon, he could feel the rejection that was in that room. Now, the president at the time was Jimmy Carter. And Jimmy Carter had walked into the room. Now, uh, Carter, he was from a a different political party than Nixon uh, was, and and Carter was well known for his honesty and his integrity. And so as Carter made his way, uh, I'm sorry, as Nixon made his way to his seat, uh, President Carter noticed that Nixon was standing all by himself. Jimmy Carter immediately changed his course walked over to Nixon and held out his hand. And with a broad, genuine smile, he embraced Nixon and he said, welcome home, Mr. President, welcome home. Uh, This incident, it was reported by Newsweek magazine, which wrote, if there was a turning point in Nixon's long ordeal in the wilderness, it was that moment and that gesture of love and compassion. Carter, he gifted Nixon with love and compassion. Nixon certainly had done nothing to deserve it. It was an act of pure grace on Carter's behalf. When the Bible speaks of God's love, it speaks exactly in the same way. God's unconditional love is given to us because, is, is given to us not because of our good behavior. It's simply a gift, a gift of pure unadulterated grace. Imagine if you were in the shoes of Richard Nixon at a funeral. No one is talking about you. Um, The Watergate scandal has probably come up again. He's reminded of his past. Uh, People don't want to uh, forgive him for what he's done. But yet uh, the the president, Jimmy Carter, shows up in the room, opposite political parties, I mean, they have many reasons to bump heads, and yet he decides uh, to show love in that situation. And I think that's something that we all desire. Uh, we desire that unconditional love. Uh, in this case, uh, that abundant love. We want people to show it to us, but vice versa. We have to show that to everybody else. Now, God, he loves us with perfect love. Uh, it's difficult for many to understand the idea of perfect love because it's not modeled or seen in this world quite often. Um, the so-called love that's depicted in the books, magazines, and on both the internet and silver screen is one that is scarred with unfaithfulness, um, uh, selfishness, and broken commitments. think the idea of perfect love, it seems so far-fetched to many of us. However, we have to remember that God's love is perfect. Uh, in the sense that his love is complete and it lacks absolutely nothing. Again, it's complete. Uh, Webster's Dictionary tells us that complete means to be entirely without fault or defect. There's nothing you can point uh, to regarding God's love would lead one to believe his love is not genuine, um, steadfast, or unwavering. In fact, it is so complete that Paul, he tells us, is big enough and strong enough uh, that nothing is big enough or strong enough to separate us from the love of God in Romans 8. Not only is his love complete, but Ephesians tells us that God's love is great love. His love is so great that according to Paul again, it is a love that passes all understanding. It, It surpasses all knowledge. It is too great for us to fully comprehend. As, as wise as you are and as smart as you are you cannot comprehend the love of god there is nothing on this earth that is able to example the love of god except god himself one reason for this is uh, again we, we we have nothing on this earth to replicate it we have nothing to demonstrate that love i think the closest example can be uh, uh is found in john fifteen thirteen. Uh, when Jesus, he said, greater love hath no man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friend. I think about that verse and it says not, not for your child. Uh, to me, in many of our minds, I think some of the listeners today in some situations, I think you may be able to lay down your life for your child. Uh, but this this verse it says that greater love hath no man than this that a man lay down his life for his friend are you able to lay down your life for your friend it, that that's something really to think about to compare an unconditional love to god would begin with if i could say it that way it begins with laying down your life for your friends, when you got everything going for yourself, your career, uh, your your children, your marriage, when everything is going on, you're willing to lay down your life. And so, I, I would like to ask you in your mind, what is unconditional love? Because God's love is unconditional. His love for us is not dependent upon anything except His promises. Therefore, we can do nothing to earn nor anything to eliminate his love from our lives. Did you hear me? There's nothing you can do to eliminate God's love for your life. I don't care what type of sin that you are in. I don't care uh, how you believe you may have disgraced God, but it's God still pulling you, still desiring you uh, to be in his presence and to be in his family. Uh, In fact, we did nothing to deserve, the first time we felt his love and experienced his presence. Uh, John, he wrote in four John 4.10 that this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Again, he first loved us, and because of that, we love God. Uh, Paul, he told us in Romans, uh, Romans 5 and 8, it says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were yet, while we were still sinners. God has made it clear from the beginning, though we rejected him, there is no room for rejection in his love. His uh, love, he loves us and desires uh, to be in relationship with us. It is our privilege not, not to only be loved by him, but that we are able to love him also perfect love, what it does is, according to today, today's verse, it defeats fear. Now, fear, it normally has to do with anticipating punishment uh, or dreading the consequences that might be experienced uh, due to a particular situation or a circumstance. I think we can all agree on that. Uh, we fear when we feel something might turn out badly. We fear when we are convinced that pain is inevitable, as an inevitable outcome. Uh, We fear when we're supposed, when we suppose the uh, consequences uh, will be devastating. But thankfully, when we experience and embrace the abundant love of our Savior, we can learn, uh, we can learn that perfect love, it casts out all fear. God's perfect love exacts no punishment on those uh, uh, who turn from their wrongdoing. In fact, a contrite heart attracts the love of God. God does not want anyone to perish. He doesn't want anyone to experience the ultimate death which sin brings. But he wants us all to come to repentance. And that's found in Second Peter three nine. Uh, he has promised to forgive anyone who will confess their sins and turn to him completely. And when we rest in this perfect love, there is no reason to fear no reason to fear Uh, why do you think people have a hard time believing god will forgive them now why do you think that and it's probably because they don't understand god's love in most cases in their eyes they wouldn't forgive someone else uh for what they've been through and so they're they're supposing that god sees them the way that they see other people and so a lot of times if you have a hard time forgiving yourself over something uh that could be the reason or maybe you just feel that you've let people down but listen god is willing to forgive um one fear that people battle uh, is the fear of the past Uh, we have all made mistakes and we've done things we regret however you and i have been given the privilege of repentance through which grace comes and we are made free in Christ. Uh, There may be natural consequences we face because of sin, but we need not fear punishment for God for he loves us with perfect love and accepts us in spite of our forgiven past. Uh, Another fear uh, that people battle is the fear of present. Many are paralyzed and unable to move forward with their lives because of the things that are swirling around them at this current moment. Uh, They are present struggles, present circumstances, and challenges to our faith. But because the Lord loves us and is with us, we have no need to fear defeat. We don't have to be afraid to reach for all that God has for us. Don't let the issues surrounding you keep you from pressing forward and pursuing God's plan for your life. Looking into the future and anticipating that which is unknown to us, uh, it can produce anxiety and at times it can produce fear. But the Lord is on our side. And as we put our trust in him, we have no reason to fear uh, what may happen in the future. Again, Pastor, he preached on uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, and it tells us that God has promised us a hope and the future. King James, it says, an expected end. Uh, Because of God's abundant love, we can be confident that he will guide and protect us, ultimately providing a place for us with him forever in heaven. Our future is only secure in the love of God. Um, When you go to the story of of David and Jonathan uh, in the Old Testament before they found Uh, before their their friendship was torn apart uh, by Jonathan's father, who was the king at the time, uh, they had confirmed an oath together vowing to watch out for each other's families. And after Jonathan's death, David, he had become king. And word had come to David that one of Jonathan's descendants was still alive. His name was Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth uh, had been uh, severely injured as a child uh, and so he had required constant care he was he was handicapped if you could say if you could say that uh, basically being completely uh, immobile uh, but that the physical injury had not taken away from his ability to walk but had allowed it to also uh, i'm sorry his physical injury injury that had not only had taken away again his ability to walk uh, but had allowed it to also steal his dignity, um, his self-worth, his hope uh for his future. And so because of this, he had remained hiding for years. And so when David had reached out to him, Mephibosheth, he had feared for his life. But it was not too long before he found himself in the presence of the king, uh, enjoying the pleasures of the king's house. Uh, Mephibosheth, he had experienced the perfect love of a friend. The love of the love that David had showed Mephibosheth because of the oath he had made to his father, Jonathan, it was perfect love, uh, it was complete, and it was unconditional. That perfect love, it conquered his continual fear uh, of the past. Uh, Mephibosheth, he had lived for years with the understanding that his grandfather, had done his absolute best to kill King David when he was still a young man. Now, Mephibosheth, knowing that he was one of the lone family uh, members of King uh, uh, King Saul that was still alive, uh, Mephibosheth, he lived in continual fear of what would happen. In fear of the past, knowing that the king, if he wanted to, Uh, he could bring revenge upon his head. And so for years, he was held in captivity by his past until David's love had finally set him free. Listen, love conquered his continual fear of the present. Even when Mephibosheth realized that David was not going to hold the sins of his grandfather against him, he still felt unqualified to be invited to live in the palace. He still feared what rejection uh, what rejection he might face in the present, uh, physical challenge. Uh, his, his, uh, uh, physical He was physically challenged. Uh, the lame, they were not seen as valuable by uh, the ancient society. Instead, they were treated um, as unworthy of proper respect. However, the love of David, it showed him. And he conquered the fear of the present rejection finally loved and conquered his continual fear of the future. When changes began taking place in his life, Mephibosheth, uh, he did not know what the coming days would bring. Though he had experienced freedom from the fear of the past and had been accepted in the present state, that reality still did not eliminate the fear of what may happen in the future. Would the king ever change his mind? Is that all too good to be true? But David assured him, don't be afraid, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather Saul, and you will always eat at my table. Not only did David promise Mephibosheth that he would show him kindness, uh, thus eliminating the fear of his past, or present bringing him pain for the sake of his father Jonathan, he also promised Mephibosheth that he would have his father's land restored to him and he would always have a place at the king's table. Mephibosheth, he bowed down and he said, what is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? (laughs) Then the king, he had summoned Zimba, who was Saul's steward, and he said to him, I have given your master's grandson everything that belongs to Saul and his family. You and your sons and your servants are to farm the land for him and bring in the crops so that your master's grandson may be provided for. And Mephibosheth, grandson of your master, will always eat at my table. This was mentioned in Saul, I'm sorry, Second uh, Samuel chapter 9 verses 8 through 10. David had promised him a place at the king's table, not only for the present, but also for the future. These commands given by King David, it ensured a future for Mephibosheth. Uh, He would have an inheritance, his descendants would would have land to farm, and they would have property to settle. The abundant love that King David had shown uh, had set this once fearful Fight man free from the chains of his past and plunged him into a hopeful future. We have been offered an abundant love and living for Jesus Christ. His love is able to completely cast out and defeat all fear. Because of our King's abundant love, we can live free from our past, at peace in our present, and hopeful. For our future. Again. It's all an abundant love. Perfect love. It casts out all fear. Whether your fear is about fears. That you've done in the house. Or. Maybe your fear is. Something in the present. You don't know what life circumstances. Are going to bring. Uh, things have, have, have come to your attention. Um, you don't know. How you're going to handle it. Or maybe it's something about the future. Perfect love. It casts out all fear. The only way that we're able to have that perfect love is if we set our hearts entirely on Jesus Christ. And if we trust God, that he will handle these fears. God is able to deal with your past. Romans 8 tells us that all things work together. Again, all things, all things in your past, they work together to bring uh, God's perfect will to pass. The things that you're going through in the present and while you don't understand how they may affect you and you you may have these default uh, thoughts. Listen, God is able to work all of this stuff for his purpose and for his good. Uh, I want us to pray right now. And let's ask God to have that abundant love. Let's have a love that truly it casts out all fear. Uh, it, 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 When you think about what the apostles had went through, uh, considering that we believe that all the apostles had died for the sake of Christ, they were willing to die for their faith because their love was so great for the God that we serve. When, when, when our love is that great for God, we're able to go through any situation and we're, we're able to go through anything. It may hurt us in the moment, but the love, it pushes us and it brings us through our circumstances. And as a church, we need that love. We need that abundant love so that we can live that abundant life. And so let's pray right now and let's ask God, uh, God's presence uh, and his spirit to be with us and to give us that love. Father, I thank you so much uh, for this Sunday school lesson, God, and the hearers, the ones who have tuned in to listen. God, I pray that you would allow them to see and recognize your abundant love. Many of us, uh, I don't want to say many, but there are some of us who have not experienced the love that uh, maybe you have calls for us to experience. We think that we may have, we need to be loved more. We may feel that our situation growing up where the parents weren't there or uh, people who have died that we didn't expect to die, um, we feel that that love was absent. And um, I just pray that you will allow us to feel that love, Jesus. Allow us to have that perfect love. And it's it's not something that we obtain by just simply believing, but God, we have to work towards it. We have to uh, walk uh, in your love. Uh, We have to walk according to your word. And as we walk this way, Lord, you allow us to grow in your love. And so I pray that you just will allow uh, a spirit to overcome those who are struggling right now, Father, who don't feel that love in their life. But God, I pray that you would send people, send your servants into their lives, Lord God, that they may feel uh, what it truly means to be loved. God, I pray that it will lift them up. And even after doing so, God, that we would be able to share that love uh, with our friends, uh, with our neighbors and those people that we are connected to. We thank you that you first loved us, that now we can love you and love everyone else. God, we bless you. We give you honor and glory in Jesus name. We thank you again and we pray and we say amen. Uh, God bless you all. I hope you all have an awesome Memorial weekend. Uh, Love your family. uh, Spend time with your family. uh, And I'd be glad uh, if you joined us again next week. We're living the abundant life. And this week, let's focus on abundant love. God bless you. And I hope to hear from you guys next week. Bye-bye.